0: الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاه والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله وكونوا مع الصادقين صدق الله العظيم Most respected students of deen, mothers and sisters, with the Fazal of Allah Ta'ala, we had witnessed the very Mubarak first ten days of Zul Hijjah and the very great and auspicious occasion of Qurbani, etc. While we are indeed very, very deficient in our a'mal and in truly appreciating these great bounties and ni'mets and gifts of Allah of these special occasions that Allah blesses us and which we should repent and make istighfar for this that we did not show true appreciation we did not value and treasure these great moments the way it should have been done but nevertheless, whatever little was done, whatever broken efforts were made, may Allah accept it. Allah make it a means of care and benefit for us in dunya and akhirat. Allah make it a means of gaining His qurb and closeness. Make it a means of hidayat for ourselves, for our families, for everybody. So we should be making shukr for whatever tawfiq was achieved and also making istighfar for our shortcomings. So, In any case, we have to take the lessons from these Mubarak occasions and move on. In terms of the lessons that we learned on the occasion of Qurbani, so the many, many lessons some of which were discussed previously already. But among the many lessons, one extremely important lesson was that when a person is in the right environment, in the right company among righteous people, then one begins to also think in that manner, begins to Act in that manner Sayyidina Ismail والسلام, was a young boy and he was asked a very very crucial question by his father and the question was the gist of the question which he very clearly understood though what was said to him was a dream was related to him. Ibrahim A.S., his father related a dream. That I have seen you in a dream that I was slaughtering you. And then the situation was posed to him. That what do you have to say about this? Ismail A.S. was a young boy. But he grew up in a household of Righteousness. And his tarbiyat was made on those lines he was not exposed to things that were against the teachings of deen against the commands of Allah Ta'ala so he grew up in a very very righteous environment with the correct tarbiyat and now in the light of this background when this question was posed to him his response was Al ma tu'mar do what you have been commanded now this was not a small thing a young boy he's been told that you are going to be slaughtered and he's saying yes why he's saying yes because it is the command of Allah Ta'ala. and since it's the command of Allah Ta'ala, there is no hesitation to accept it I'm wholeheartedly ready to accept it So please go ahead and do what you have been commanded to do. Now where did this zeal for fulfilling the order of Allah Ta'ala come from? Where was this spontaneous response coming from? It was coming from the upbringing, it was coming from the moulding of the mind and heart, from the moulding that came through the correct environment, the correct tarbiyat. So that molded the heart and mind to think in a particular manner. That when the order of Allah Tala comes, then there must be no ifs and buts. There must be complete submission. And hence he was ready, he submitted himself to Allah Ta'ala. But Allah Tala in his wisdom did not allow that slaughter to take place and in place of Ismail salatu salam, Allah sent down an animal, a ram from Jannat, which was then slaughtered. But the lesson that we have to take from this is that the environment, what is around the person, who are the people around, who is guiding, who is shaping the mind, all this has a tremendous impact. And thereafter, people then act and say things which came from their environment, which came from the company they keep, which came from the things that we, they were exposed to. So when they speak things, they are not speaking really their own thoughts. They are speaking the thoughts that were instilled into their minds. One is a person was completely uh, blank. He didn't have anything that uh, sort of influenced the thoughts. And now he's been applying his mind thinking what should I do how should I go about things what should I do in life and mashallah that thought came this is what I should do this is the correct path etc so now that is the natural thinking that came as a result of a person applying his mind and then because of the good environment the good knowledge etc the person has the correct thinking came through but A person suddenly now decides that, no, no, I want to go and watch some movie. I want to be smoking something. I want to go and indulge in a certain kind of behavior. So now where did this come from? If a person had never seen somebody smoking a cigarette in his life, never heard about smoking a cigarette, for example, never ever saw this, never heard about it, would that thought ever cross his mind that, Hey, but I think I should also smoke. He doesn't know. He never saw a cigarette. He never heard about it. He doesn't know what it looks like. He doesn't know that there can be somebody putting something like fire in his mouth. That's absurd. If somebody talks to him and says, There are people who put something, it's like fire. Not exactly fire, but it's like fire. And they blow smoke out of their mouth. You say, but what's something wrong with them? They've gone off their heads. Why should they do something like this? See, no, there's plenty of people like that, unfortunately. Uh, For him it will be totally absurd, totally unimaginable, totally unthinkable that somebody will do something like this because he's never seen it, he's never heard about it. So he will never ever be tempted towards it also because it was totally alien to him. So when a person is exposed to something, then the person starts thinking in that line and the person starts then behaving in that manner. Now one is real life situations. Real life situations, a person is sitting in somebody's company, that person is smoking, so now he sees that person smoking, that person is harming himself, he is poisoning his lungs, he is spiritually uh, harming himself, getting far away from Allah Ta'ala, he is causing taklif and hurt to the angels, so that becomes a means of getting distance from Allah Ta'ala also, because Allah Ta'ala's makhluk that he is giving taklif to, and such a great makhluk, such a great creation, pure creation, creation of the angels, if a person gives taklif to insan, that too distances him from Allah Ta'ala, in smoking he is giving taklif to even the angels, because they abhor that smell, So now he gets distance from Allah Taala. So there's so much of spiritual harm, so much of physical harm. Then the waste of money. That's another big harm. So now he's harming himself. He's doing all this wrong. But the person sitting in that company, he is looking at him and he sees this person outwardly. He is enjoying himself. That's what it appears to be. But it's an addiction. Now he seems to be enjoying himself. Now he says, no, this looks like cool. This is something now, you know, you in. if you don't indulge in this, then you're not going to fit into the group. You're going to be out of place. So now I also should try it out. So now he decides to try it out. But what, what became the catalyst? What started this off? He saw somebody else doing it. And now especially he's in the group where most people in that group are doing it, Feels now, I also have to be part of this group, and the only way to remain part of this group is also to do what they are doing. So now he got exposed to it, and he got exposed several times to it, so he starts taking it up. Likewise, other things we see people doing it, we hear about people talking, we hear people talking about it, we want to do it. So this is real life situations, but just as this happens out of real life situations, the same effect happens out of even fiction. A person is reading a novel. Now that's fiction. It's lies. It's just a story that somebody put together. But now, in order to sell the story, they need to make it very, very captivating. So now that whole fiction now, whole big story, but that story must have things which will now excite people. What are the things that excite people? All the wrong things. If now, if that story was all about this person was very generous and this person was very good and very kind and was very obedient to his parents, you see now this is all for children's stories, give it to children to read. Only children must be obedient to their parents, small children, five years old, six years old, must give them these children's stories. Uh, They must be obedient to their parents. They must be righteous. They must be generous. They must be caring. They must be doing all the good things. Now, I'm a teenager now. I'm a grown-up. I'm an adult. I can't be sitting and reading all these children's stories of how this child was so obedient and this child was so uh, good. That's for children now. Now, I need to do and I need to read those kind of things that will be appealing to Somebody who is now a grown-up person, an adult or a grown-up youngster that now what will appeal to him? So now unfortunately, tragically, the things that appeal to them is the story about how that and did all the wrong. And how that person got caught up in some illicit relationship. And now all that make-believe, but it's not just something to sell the story. These things are written to shape the mind also and a great amount of filth, a great amount of harmful thoughts, things that shape the behaviors in a wrong manner, and worse than that, things that reshape the thinking in terms of beliefs. All that comes through all this fiction. But this fiction which is designed to create a certain end result. One Alim who, I mentioned this sometime before as well, one Alim who lived next door to a tailor so he mentioned this I heard from him directly perhaps he's still living next door to the same tailor I don't know this incident nevertheless is quite a while ago so he mentioned that once this tailor came to say that I'm getting repeated calls meaning people are coming youngsters and they want, and girls in particular, girls they are coming, and they want the certain garment sewn in a certain manner. Now, one came, another one came, and that was like a very odd kind of thing, and doesn't even, not even suitable for a Muslim to be wearing something like that. Now he's just got curious now that one, two, three, five, so many, one the same thing. What this is this all about? Where it came from? Then it turned out that they were all reading a certain novel. And the, one of the characters in that novel, now probably there was a kind of picture also of that person wearing this kind of garment. Now that's the hero of the novel, that hero doing all the, hero in big inverted commas, all the zigzag things, getting involved in all the haram. Now that's the story, but that's the story of all the haram and now this person who is reading it their minds are getting shaped in that direction to the extent that now this was just a novel, it was fiction though we are talking about the harms of this fiction but that person wants to now start dressing like that fictitious character and stupid kind of dressing but it is coming from that and not one person, not two people, many people so this was just the many people that came to this one tailor. Allah knows best how many others went and where they went. Now what we are getting at is that these behaviors are learned from real life also. They are learned from fiction as well. And these novels are extremely detrimental for our iman, for our akhlaq and for our general life because they teach all the wrong things many many wrong things. Now, It might not be that every novel has every wrong in it. Some might have some things, some might have some other things but there are certain common themes that run through most novels. And many a person came and discussed that way he got caught up and how that turned his life upside down. Many a person, one is the time that gets wasted in this people read thick thick novels and they say that I spent the whole night went away most of the time went away and I could just read and read and read but what, what? forget all the other meaning let alone all the other harms now a good part of the night went away in that a good part of the day went away in that what benefit it brought? nothing it was just appeasing the nafs and shaitan was just getting happy and now so much of productive work that could have happened, so much of good that could have taken place was all lost. And then the heart becomes disinclined towards doing anything right. The heart switches off from tilawat, switches off from tilawat, from zikr, from dua, from reading some Islamic literature. The heart switches off from it. That is one of the things that happens as a result of this. Because this novel reading creates zulmad. It fills the heart with darkness. Now when the heart is filled with darkness, where is it going to be inclined to what is light? The bat the bat is an animal that is, is blind, Allah knows best whether it is fully blind or whatever, but it is not accustomed to light. So now it only comes out in the dark. And if there's light it disappears. As soon as it's daylight, it disappears. It goes and hides away wherever its place is, in the dark corner somewhere. So now because it's not accustomed to the light, it doesn't want to be anywhere near the light. It'll only come out in the darkness. And then it'll go hide away back. When the light comes, it goes, hides away in the dark corner somewhere. So now when the heart gets engulfed in Zulmat, because of these novels, the writers themselves are so far away from Let alone from Iman and Islam, from good uh, thinking, from morality. They are so far away from good morality. Generally this is the case. Now they are writing, what are they going to write? They are going to write things filled with so much of filth. Now that effect of the writer's heart comes into his writing. And that from the writing comes into the reader's heart. So now there is so much of zulmat in the zulmat of that fiction the zulmat of all the filth of that story. Because that makes the mind and heart run in different directions. It's filthy directions. So now all that zulmat is gathering in the heart. So now that heart becomes switched off from anything to do with light. So salah becomes a problem. Tilawat is completely switched off. Zikr, Tasbihat, very, very difficult, almost impossible. Dua out of the question. Otherwise, just some haphazard few words here and there. Because anything to do with light becomes very difficult. A person who is in a dark room, all night he was sleeping in a very dark room, and now somebody suddenly switches on the light, what happens? If this person was awake, or he woke up at that time, immediately shuts his eyes, he can't see this light. Why? Because he's accustomed to the darkness. But then if he keeps himself there for a while, gradually, slowly... He starts becoming first he's blinking and then he eyes are painting slightly but then he starts getting used to the light and then he becomes comfortable with the light but it doesn't happen in the first instant. now this gives us two lessons one lesson is it gives us that when a person becomes accustomed to darkness he becomes this inclined to light he becomes uncomfortable with the light a person gets caught up in haram gets caught up in sins, gets caught up in novel reading he'll become disinclined to Quran reading the person becomes inclined to the reading of wrong things caught up on the phone on internet, on Instagram and whatever Allah knows best how many other things are carrying on and the person is caught up on all the wrongs in these platforms then the light, now he's, he's in this darkness all the time. So if somebody now comes and encourages now, you know what, let's read some Quran Sharif, let's do this, let's do that, some good actions. So what is the outcome? Person feels very uncomfortable. Where are you coming with all this now? But that second lesson is that that is the solution. The solution is to remain steadfast on that, to just, just make that mujahada, to just hold oneself into that right environment and gradually one will start getting used to the light. So initially it will be a discomfort because the heart is dragging in a different direction but then gradually if a person stays there he will become accustomed to it and then he will become comfortable with it and then he will want to stay there. Then if somebody tells him look there is some dark place there We're going there, he to say no no I am happy here in the light feels happy about the light then. So, we need to be very, very vigilant about what we read, who we associate with, what kind of pastimes we have, because all these things start moulding the heart and mind. And this starts moulding the behaviour of a person. The kind of things a person reads, the kind of things a person looks at, the kind of company a person keeps, this is a subject that has been discussed repeatedly and will inshallah continue to be repeated from time to time because we are very very much in need, I am much in need all of us are very much in need of this lesson all the time that we need to be very vigilant about the company we keep and the company is not confined to human company that is among the most effective companies and most impacting companies If it is good, it has a tremendously good impact on a person. And if it is wrong company, it can turn a person's life upside down. And together with that is all these other things. Electronic company, the novel company, nothing good about it. It is all very harmful. In fact, we should have nothing to do with all these things at all. We want to read something. There is good Islamic literature available. We should discuss with those who have a good idea of what is the... Uh, good things, light reading, but obviously which is authentic, which is in keeping with the correct aqaid and beliefs, with the correct mindset and alhamdulillah there is sufficient literature of this nature. We read that. We become acquainted with the life of the various akabir, the biographies. We read that. That is a tremendously great benefit. There is the which is translated in English and which is an encyclopedia. We should try to be learn, learning the lessons from this. It's very, very inspiring, very interesting, and a person who reads through it learns a lot about life and it becomes a very great inspiration for a person to get closer to Allah Ta'ala, to make an effort in deen. So, this is what we should be aspiring to do this is what how we should the company we should keep the company of this kind of literature otherwise this novels novels and all these kind of things they will take us in a totally different direction now sometimes people feel that uh, this is my very good friend why because she lends me some novels which she has something she doesn't just keep it for herself she doesn't mise with it she lends it to me this person has something on the meaning some, some site that they went on to and they share that information. They pass it on to others also. This is a very good friend. What kind of site? The site that is teaching all evil things. Allah forbid what not. And we regard such people as our very good friends. Then if people have, there is a very good old saying that with friends like these, who needs enemies? With friends like these, meaning friends like, the type of friends that invite us towards destruction, that help us to harm ourselves, then who needs enemies? Enemy what does the enemy try to do? The enemy tries to hurt you, the enemy tries to harm you, the enemy tries to destroy you. Now if the person has friends who are doing that, so why does he need enemies? Meaning if the enemy comes to know also that this is the kind of friend the person is keeping, he'll feel very comforted he will fine, I don't have to do anything now. This person will do it himself. His friends will do what I am trying to do. So why should I mess my hands? Why should I mess myself into the, getting this person into some destruction? His friends are doing it for him. They are doing my job for me. So they are not our friends. But either we are too naive, very simple minded, we can't think, we can't see beyond that flimsy thing in front of us that nafs and shaitan put that little desires in front of us as a result of this curtain of desires that falls in front of our eyes. We can't see the harm that this person is bringing to us. And as a result we regard them as our friends. So they are not our friends. We should not look down upon anybody. We should not think we are better than anyone. But if somebody is inviting us towards sin, inviting us towards haram, inviting us towards harmful things, inviting us towards things that are going to destroy our deen, destroy our akhlaq and those novels and websites of all this nature, and these social media things that carry on, all the haram that carries on on it, whatever else for that matter. These are things which are extremely detrimental. In fact, we advise people, don't even have any membership with the public library because there's too many things that are very very detrimental there don't even have any membership, don't walk in there environment there is totally uh, averse to a dini heart, mindset and a dini heart those who are in need of something which is genuine, which is valid now they're going to have to work around how to get some information that they need but for us, the rest of us, we shouldn't be anywhere near such places because the harms in these places is far, far, far greater than the good. From a dini and a imani perspective, a person will see this reality. If a person looks purely from a material perspective, from a dunya perspective, then they'll have big, big questions. What are you talking about? Library, and what harm in the library? But a person who will think about it from the perspective of iman, akhlaq, haya, the dini values, then they will see what the harm is in in all these places. So we should have no link with all this. And these novels are an extremely detrimental thing, very very harmful. So this is a general reminder, a general advice of the company we keep, the type of environment we keep ourselves in. This is what's going to impact on our hearts and minds. This is what's going to shape our thinking. This is what's going to direct our behavior. And inshallah if we keep ourselves in the correct environments keep ourselves in the correct company keep ourselves reading the correct literature listening to what is correct correct authentic people their talks etc then inshallah this will become a very great help for us it will help us to progress in deen it will make our work of dunya also very much more productive because we will be doing things correctly, we will be doing things in the right manner, we will be interacting with people in the correct manner, we will be adopting the correct akhlaq the correct muasharat, and we will be living with haya, we will be able to make the correct choices. Otherwise, if we start floating and going all over the place, then this becomes a problem for ourselves, we become a problem for ourselves, and we become a problem for others also. May Allah Ta'ala protect us from all things that are detrimental and harmful in deen and dunya. May Allah Ta'ala guide us to that which He is pleased with at all times. And in particular, Allah Ta'ala save us from all these things, these novels and haram websites and in fact indulgence on the phone and all the things that become a distraction from deen. May Allah Ta'ala protect us all. Allah Ta'ala keep us steadfast on Iman and Islam and save us from everything that will displease Him. وآخر دعوانا عن الحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم لك الحمد كله ولك الشكر كله اللهم لا نحسي ثناء عليك أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك جز الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله اللهم افتح لنا بالخير واختم لنا بالخير وجعل عواقب أمورنا بالخير بيدك الخير إنك على كل شيء قدير اللهم انا نسالك من خير ما سالك من نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك من نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم انت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوه الا بالله العلي العظيم ربنا تقبل منا انك انت السميع العليم واطب علينا يا مولانا انك انت التواب الرحيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله واصحابه اجمعين والحمد لله رب العالمين